Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi guys, I'm May and welcome to the second season of Phenomenal and Asian, a podcast aimed to redefine the Asian stereotype and share inspirational stories of those doing phenomenal things. This week's Phenomenal Asian is Kim Addis, an actress well known for her lead role as Kitty in the show Get Even. Originally born in the Philippines, Kim came to the UK when she was just eight years old and has always had a love for acting. But she couldn't afford to go to acting school, so her career journey was definitely not easy and she almost even gave up on her acting dreams. Since we last spoke, Kim has already been casted for incredible new shows like Netflix's Witcher and I know one day she will be an award-winning actress. So watch this space and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, Kim. Hi, May. Hey. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. Oh, it's been such a long time. I know. (laughs) I know. Thank you so much for agreeing. This is exciting. (laughs) I know. This is so cool. Thanks so much, May. I've always been a huge fan. And then I've been following you, obviously, over the last like couple of years. And I'm just so (laughs) proud of you, excited for you. Get Kim Kim on my podcast before (laughs) before she blows up. I think I'm just really interested as well because you are a rising star like in the oh, industry thanks. that you're in. <laughs> we'll start from the beginning because like, I always kind of just want to know where people like where you grew up because you're are you mm. Filipino? Yeah Filipino mm. through and through. Yeah <laughs> <laughs> which is actually rare to find because I find like all the people on my podcast are mainly Chinese Chinese <laughs> Malay, Malay or something like that yeah because um, I'm Chinese like my dad is from Hong Kong and my mom is um from Burma but she's Chinese so technically I'm Chinese but (laughs) lovely wow well so okay so where were you born then yeah let's start from there (laughs) (laughs) so away from the beginning uh yes I was born in Cebu City Philippines um Mm -hmm. yeah I was born there uh raised there for a bit and then I moved to the UK when I was I can remember I think it was around eight years old Okay. Um, yeah. In my youthful years, uh, I would go back like ever so often as a summer holiday. And then it stopped <laughs> at one point because I was working, you know, being an adult <laughs> and like paying the bills. Because, you know, when you're working in London, it's pretty hard. I'm sure you know. Because <laughs> yeah, I know with yeah. Eric, you, you have these like <laughs> loads of opportunities for young artists to kind of 
breakthrough and hustle and I was the same thing I was like what is this like I'm Mm. working so many part-time jobs and I'm not making enough it's just weird um but yeah I missed out I think I haven't been back since I was 22 oh wow and now I'm 28 so it's been a yeah a few years yeah been a while um but I've always had really wonderful memories in the Philippines and kind of and I always say this in like some interviews that I'm I'm always grateful that I've learned through being humble and trying to um, know where your roots are, but yeah, also kind of remember that everyone is just on the same boat and everyone's trying to support one another. It's not just a competition, you know. Sometimes it is. It feels like the industry is trying to eat you up, but um, I don't know. Being brought up as a Filipino, it's always nice when I see a Filipino really doing well and I don't know them. I'm always super supportive (laughs) and I'm just like yeah yeah you do you man (laughs) um so yeah that's I love that I love that so how come you came over here was that your parents yeah it was a family so we kind of moved here uh in Burnley Lancashire yeah (laughs) yeah so I used to have a Burnley accent no way yeah um It's it's so funny because I'm actually meeting some someone, a mate of mine, uh, next week who's from Burnley, and I'm like, every time I meet them, my northern accent <laughs> starts playing <laughs> up because uh, now I'm just kind of neutral. Uh, yeah, you have a very mm. neutral accent, actually. I couldn't. Yeah, you couldn't mm. pinpoint where. I yeah. wouldn't say. Nor- I wouldn't say northern though. No. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say northern now. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. I was raised there when I was yeah eight. So I pretty much, yeah, lived uh, my beginnings of my life in the Philippines and then in the UK. So I have these, like, two worlds. Mm. And it's always kind of interesting. People are so interested, especially with the accent. They're like, where are you from? Yeah. <laughs> Can't pinpoint where you're from. <laughs> and what was, like, Burnley like as, you know, the only Asian girl, were you? <laughs> yeah. For, like... A couple of years, I was kind of like, yeah, the odd one out. It's kind of like, oh, you're from the Philippines. Um, and Did you hate it? Were you? Not really. That's the thing. When I look back, um, I didn't, I had this kind of innate kind of confidence in me that I'm like, yeah, I am like a unique person. I've got brown skin. <laughs> but also you, you do feel a bit lonely in a mm. sense that it's like okay this is like a new world this is my new life I have to make friends and I have to kind of start socializing or else like mm. um I would I wouldn't kind of I guess yeah guess be like the odd one out and it does that does feel kind of alienating especially as a young kid but mm. um I was always very resilient and it's always that word like Asians are resilient, but it is like I, I, I own that, and I always have to push through, um, and Incredible. just yeah, and just kind of like living through those years, it was kind of not too hard, but it was just really weird. And then I've in high school, I think that was the same thing until I found my own tribe of people who were just not um, judgmental. I was never in the popular crowd ever. Um, people knew about me because I was the Filipino until I met one of my good <laughs> friends who was like Filipino 
because I knew there were some Filipinos out there in Burnley. Um, <laughs> and she was in the um, older year. So she's like one year older than me. And uh, till this day, we still keep in touch. Um, but it was nice, like in high school, that's when I found kind of my own voice. Because, you know, teenage years is kind of that pinnacle moment where you're trying to find yourself. Um, and it was still hard. Like I, I got bullied. You know, um, I guess for being different and then looking back, I'm like, oh, I wouldn't change it for a bit because now um, over the years, especially in university, I think university is that moment where I really found my confidence. Um, and it, I always think that if you have setbacks and you have challenges, it always makes you more stronger uh, down the road. I was exactly the same as you. I really don't think I felt comfortable in myself until university yeah yeah I mean was there anything that you were doing or telling yourself to kind of get through that yeah I guess um just being strong-minded I think I get that through my mum a lot uh, of just being very I guess reassuring yourself that it's going to be fine because if you don't have that mindset of trying to push through you're always going to be in that stagnant stage um and also I was very kind of a kooky creative kid so I would always (laughs) try and um go to amdrams like amateur dramatics like go to theater school um I think it was called basics junior theater school that's when I found like oh I can sing act and dance and then I really enjoyed it but still found myself a little bit like the odd one out um because um, I'm one of those, like, dark-skinned Asian girls, <laughs> you know, like, really tanned. Um, and so people would be like, oh, okay. Until, like, I started, you know, building my confidence up, then people started to kind of, I guess, like me, and, you know, I found my voice, and I, I started to, you know, socialize. Um, and I always loved performing, and it was kind of my own extension of expressing myself um uh, yeah that's interesting yeah. actually because I wonder whether that that's why you yeah enjoyed the theatre acting yeah definitely I think that was a way just to I guess meet new people because I've always loved to um you know find a fresh face and get to know them um especially through my work now I've always been inspired by you know people's mannerisms and how they kind of work through their mind and um, just interested in human beings in general um, so I've always been like an empathic person um, mm. yeah to this day and I think I thank that um, especially going to you know um, basics junior theatre school or like the Burnley um, youth centre um, yeah I did a lot of you know like musicals like every weekend I just enjoyed it and I enjoyed um just playing around and just having fun as a kid um is that then, was that your tribe then when you said tribe that was kind of the friends yeah, that you met through pretty death. much and then some of them obviously didn't do drama but I just loved being around them <laughs> and uh it's funny because yeah they still do keep in touch I think some of them and I'm mm. just kind of like it's wacky that they can still remember me <laughs> just because I was um, 
Yeah, I was just that kooky kid who just, I wasn't that cool. Like, do you know when you get all those cliques? Yeah. I was never in that, like, popular group at all. Um, I was quite but this is This is the best bit about <laughs> being Asian, though, is because, you know, we are so different, but we're memorable. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, being the only Asian kid in the school is actually a benefit now. <laughs> yeah. And I guess growing up in the northern part, it's very much like, wow we haven't seen a filipino i think now it's more diverse i don't know if you can agree i feel now here there's a lot more of an asian community and it's very um i think people support it i definitely support but this climate especially you know politicians and stuff I don't know if it's like there is a strong Asian support. I think that's why everyone is like, stop Asian hate, because everyone is so divided. Um, And it's a shame. And I think that's why I loved moving from Burnley and studying in London. Like I experienced so much diversity and so much inclusion. And I've met so many people from all walks of life that, I feel like that's how it should be anyway. I feel like people should be exposed to different cultures and know that it's okay. Like, it's not scary. It's not like um, it's something of an alien nature. Like, it should be celebrated. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> no, no, that was, I love that. No, that was so powerful. Um, I like, couldn't agree more. When you were obviously at drama school, theatre, did you just always want to go into that industry? Like, how did you move to London? Yeah, so I actually wish that I went to a proper drama school, like, um, <coughs> excuse me, uh, wanted to audition. Um, but that didn't come into fruition because you had to pay I don't know if they still do it now, but you had to pay for the auditions. I think it was around like the 50 pound mark. And I'm like, wow, this is quite a lot of money. And what if I don't get in and I'm just paid for like the audition fee? Um, So I didn't do that. Um, And I went on, I think it's UCAS, isn't it? (laughs) And I applied for like a couple of universities. Two of them were in London, if I could remember. One of them was Sheffield. And like one of them was in Leeds. And the strangest thing was all of them was no except for um, Westminster Uni, which is in London. And the thing is, I didn't even get my grades. It has to be three Bs. And I got two Bs and a C. But they still wanted me in. So I was kind of like, wow, like, I feel like the stars are aligning because I really wanted to move to London. <laughs> and it happened. Um and it was literally one of the best years of my life. Like, still this day, I, I absolutely loved being in university. And I did journalism. So oh, I graduated, wow, okay. yeah, I graduated a BA in journalism. Um, but I really, I don't know, because I wanted to do fashion journalism or some sort of kind of like photography, like photojournalism. But um, it just didn't really interest me Uh, because throughout my university years I did um, a drama society so we had like a drama club I joined that Um, 
and then I joined the musical theatre society so I still had that acting bug in me (laughs) Mm. um, ever since Um, and I really enjoyed it and then our university like every year would go to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival I auditioned I think it was for Alice in Wonderland I did not get in I got rejected (laughs) (laughs) what were you going for I think it was Alice oh yeah and the guy was like, yeah, you're great, but no, we're moving on. To you're person. not white. <laughs> you're not, like, they were like, not we haven't white. seen a Filipino Alice yet. <laughs> no, no, she was, I'm sure she was lovely uh, doing her role. But I was like, okay, cool. Um, I'm used to it. Because I always audition like every year and I never get it. Um, anyway. I did that. And Can I then just ask, I... like, is that a bit of a knockdown? Like, sometimes I'm like, how do actors know that they're good at acting or, you know, singers or musicians are good at singing? <laughs> well, see, the thing is, I always, because I'm very confident at what I do. If I can do it well, I'm confident in it. Um, and I always, whenever I audition, like, yeah, you would get a little bit disheartened, but I always knew that something bigger was going to happen but I didn't know what um but I didn't knew that I was literally going to be in this industry I just thought that when I I remember I auditioned for Alice in Wonderland and I was like I swear I was good but maybe (laughs) wait maybe I'm just being delusional no no but I swear I was really good at that but I gotta respect his decision um so anyway I just kind of I you know just like moved on and I was good at that. I was good at just like, okay, we'll move on next, right? Yeah, it's great. Dream. And yeah. well, it gets harder as soon as you get into the industry. You're like, oh god, yes, I want to find out all of the gossip. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, that happened, and I graduated. I think it was 2014, and I got a flat. Uh, it was really good because I only rented like 90 pounds per week. It was amazing. Oh my god, in London. I know. Yeah, in Harrow, which where my campus was. So I didn't really move out. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm going to live in Shoreditch, Brick Lane. No, I was still in Harrow. Because um, it was just, you know, um, affordable. Mm-hmm. And I graduated. And there was something in my head. I was like, no, John, I need to continue acting. Because even during my uni, again, I still would go to workshops. So I think it was still ingrained in me that I was like, maybe I could do this. So I auditioned for this uh, series of short films for the BFI, the British Film Institute. Mm -hmm. And most of the people in the open audition were like, some of them were like trained actors. Others were rookies like me. (laughs) Um, And it was for this top casting director called Jane Ripley. And she did... um, the first few seasons of Skins. She was the one who um, did the casting for that. Um, and we just did this open audition workshop. I did my scene. It was quite um, quite raw. Um, I think it was something to do where my character is dealing something with drugs, something like that. And um, I just did it. Yeah, pretty much Skin's topic. Um, Yeah, I did it. And I was like, okay, I did well. And, like, I'm glad I did that. It was quite refreshing. And um, the next day I moved to the second stage. 
was so shocked. I was like, oh my gosh, I was so happy to get through. Yeah. And then the second stage was with Jeremy Zimmerman, who's another top casting director. Now, this one was at the BFI. And it was, again, an open audition workshop with other people um, watching it. So the stakes are kind of like high. It's like everyone's watching you. And then this dude is like, okay, so who wants to go first? Nobody wanted to put their hand up because everyone else was watching. And most of these guys were either young, up-and-coming directors or writers, uh, set designers, you name it. And... It was kind of a month where a festival was happening. So we were part of the teenage kick season. So it was all revolving around um, teenage issues. Uh, So we auditioned for these scripts that were pretty much original, um, all written by young up-and-coming writers. And he was asking, okay, who wants to audition first? And I literally just went, me. (laughs) I'll I'll just do it because just to get over and done with. Um, so I did it and it was so, yeah, it was nerve wracking, but I also felt really excited. It was almost like a play because you were kind of performing it out. Um, but because it was for screen, he's telling you to just play it down and I'm like, okay, but there's loads of people watching us. So I mean, I don't know what to do. Um, and I was around, I think 21 at the time um yes it was eight years ago but it doesn't yeah it doesn't feel like eight years ago though it feels like just last week (laughs) because I can remember it vividly and uh yeah I just did it and then I think it was like a few days afterwards I got the part oh my god yeah and the craziest thing was so they built the set and on that week it was my short film to be filmed and there was like a whole crew and we did that and I used that film as my first showreel so that was yeah that gave me a head start and I would always be like okay so if I got this that means I could get further and Mm. it gave me that much more of a boost of confidence than I needed um and I did the same thing like I I did a a workshop at the Lyric Hammersmith which is a beautiful theater and they were looking for young up-and-coming artists who want to do uh, theater in in a pantomime um and the one that I auditioned for was Dick Whittington and his cat and that was my first ever stage debut I was put put through in a ringer and I got through certain stages and they picked like six of us. Um, And that was a good training ground as well. Like we did, I think, a solid two and a half months of just working on stage and especially working with other actors as well. You get to see how they they do their techniques and how they work. Um, And yeah, in the same year, in the same year. I did the same year. Oh, yeah, the same yeah, year. Yeah. And what's mad is that you're obviously, like you said, amongst trained actors, and you know, you've just come <laughs> off the a journalist degree at Westminster. Yes. Yeah. Like, it's just mad, and that's why I always 
tell people I I generally try not to give too much advice because I'm still learning but the general tip for like anyone is like mindset is key if you know you can do it anything is possible really um there's no way of stopping you and I every time I always have to be grateful of like gosh I started out doing a journalism degree didn't go to drama school or anything like that um I still had like a need to perform because I've, I've done amateur dramatics when I was young but that was only a hobby um so saying that you want to be doing it as a career is almost kind of like a leap it's like a leap of faith <laughs> mm. um and yeah once I did that so when I did my BFI show and then the Lyric Hammersmith one that was when I tried to find an agent because people always say you have to have an agent in order to get further, to get more opportunities. Um, and were you industry. working at this point? As in, like, did you have a part-time job or? Oh yeah, like loads of them. Oh okay, okay. <laughs> it was so. Uh, it was such a hustle. Um, and again, I'm so grateful because looking back, I was like, and that's the thing with my mindset. I'm like, I was completely broke. I'm pretty sure I was like over my overdraft <laughs> and but in my mind I'm like no, no no I'm gonna make make up for it um so I'd like at least like two part-time jobs I was paying rent um I was trying to scavenge for like any cheap <laughs> cheap things <laughs> in the Sainsbury's in order to cook um oh, wow, yeah. and I would work tirelessly and then do these auditions when I had my first agent um and I was like what am I doing and there was like little times of like oh I don't know if this is for me why did I give up my degree I could have just done like a stable job you know all those kind of you know voices in your head um I'm sure you know maybe like <laughs> you know what I mean like that kind of seed of doubt totally and, totally yeah and um I think there's like little it's like little successes so when you have a little success, you, you gain a bit more confidence and a bit more knowledge. Um, it kind of and, wipes out all of the negative as well. You kind of like yeah, can't remember yeah. why why you were feeling so bad that day. And then suddenly it's like everything's yes. like amazing. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay, everything's working out then. So I'm not just grinding just for nothing. Like literally you're waking up doing a job that you're not really passionate about, but it's paying the bills. But it's kind of like, it's paid but it's not paid well Mm. so then you're like how am I gonna pay rent um (laughs) and so I did that for a couple of years it wasn't until I didn't have an agent anymore and then I had to find a new agent it was over Christmas and I literally I think I was 23 24 can't really remember it was around that time I was like oh no okay do you know what I am going to send every top agency that I can think of in London I'll just send them a letter with my headshot and like the showreel I had from BFI and just like the credit actually it was just one credit (laughs) on my CV and just saying that I'm I'm really a hard worker or blah 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 um also here's a link to a private vimeo video of me doing this monologue so you can see what i can do 
Um, and then I had offers over Christmas. Really? As soon as I sent, yeah. And um, I had. A How meeting. many did you send it to? Like everyone. <laughs> it like was everyone. Almost, like, yeah. Isn't that uh, how would you like hundreds? It would be, yeah. I think some of them were email and some of them were uh, letter like form. handwritten letters. No, this wasn't oh, handwritten. Right. This was just <laughs> typed out and I just printed it out. Um, but it was kind of like sculpted for each agency that I could um, mm. see that I could fit into. I don't think it was 100, maybe less than that. But I, I, I literally just Googled, okay, who are the top agencies? that I could be in the... I love that, stuff. though. <laughs> we always tell that to people, you know, young people who are trying to get their first job. And it's just like, don't do the traditional route. Be creative. Um, try and, you know, get to people in other ways. And I, it definitely does work. Mine was just, you know, a little bit of hope and a little bit of better. And yeah, but I like that. I, yeah, I like that. yeah. It worked. it worked it worked it worked I had a meeting in Manchester um because obviously it was over Christmas I was back with my family you know over holiday and then I went to Manchester they liked me so I was kind of like okay I've got a couple of more interviews and they'll let you know um and one of them was 42 who is my agent now and now they're a big agency but back then they were just kind of quite new. I think they've only started a couple of years. And my agent was like, I, I could see potential. Um, and let's see, let's see, you know, let's work together. And they're still my agent now. It's, it's mad. Such a great story, though. I love it. <laughs> These are the best, yeah. you know, moments. And you look back and then you look at today and you're like, God, yeah, you can only kind of connect the dots looking back. Talk, talk us through, obviously, your Netflix show, which is amazing. You're a lead Asian yeah. actress, which I think yeah. is incredible. And I do actually think that Netflix has done a great job in that in terms of really yeah. diversifying its actresses and actors. Yeah. Um, was that like a big break for you? Or actually, was that just one of, one of many? And from auditioning, 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 <laughs> no money. <laughs> five, <Yeah. laughs> five part-time roles to Netflix talk about that moment gosh it's mad isn't it I remember this this very vividly again it felt like it just happened last week um I auditioned for that I just did a like an indie film we were filming in Kent and then final week in London and I got an email about get even um I I legit kid you not I just had a shower and I had a long day doing back-to-back scenes I was like should I tape for this or should I not so thankfully I did um and I was in my Nirvana t-shirt like ready to go to bed and I just did this like quite quickly um and then I got a recall so I came into in like a London studio and then I saw the director, Sarah Walker, Andy Briley, who's the casting director, and Josh, who's one of the producers. Um, and they were like, oh, my gosh, like, I really like to tape. Um, you were wearing that Nirvana T-shirt, weren't you? I was like, oh, yeah. He's like, was that purposeful for the character? And I wish I, I would have said yes, but because I was, like, 
I just can't lie. I was like, no, <laughs> I was like ready to go to bed. <laughs> like, it was being really truthful. Um, anyway, I did that audition and then I came back for another recall and this was for a chemistry read. So a chemistry read is where you go with other actors and playing different parts. And we were pretty much chemistry reading with um, like my love interest who plays Dante and then the other three girls who are the leads as well. Um, and that was just like for a few, few scenes. I was only there for like two hours and yeah, that was it. And that was it? Yeah, that was it. But most of the, the other people were doing like loads of callbacks. Um, so I only did a, a self tape and then two recalls. And I think the week after I got the call, they were like, oh you God. got it. And can you please go to Manchester in a few days for the read through, the official read through with the rest of the new cast members? I was like, what? This is crazy. <laughs> um, and then I think it was a few weeks after we were on set. It was just mad. And at that time, I actually thought, you know what, maybe this is not for me. I should. Really? Yeah, I was like, not when I got Get Even, but before I auditioned for Get Even, I was like, I don't know if this is the career that I that I should stay on, you know. Um, maybe because I it should... was so hard? Because, it, because you just, yeah, I guess, hadn't I would... got that break? Yes. It was, yeah, you're right. It was kind of like I would always audition, 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 and I would always miss out on somebody else. It would always go through to somebody else. I would always be that second person. Mm. <laughs> or I'd be like one of the few shortlisted people. And it's and like, that's why so hard. Is... It's so disheartening. It is. Yeah. After, you know, not back, not back, not back, not back. Sometimes yeah. you do just kind of want to hand in the yeah. towel. But then I that's the thing now that like I'm getting quite older I'm 28 now it's it's not about that you shouldn't take it personally most of the time it's about something else maybe you don't look right with this person but in this industry there's so many projects you know lining up there's like Amazon Hulu Netflix um what else Apple TV um Disney yeah. Plus yeah there's so many opportunities time. yeah it's an amazing time for actors nowadays to really get their teeth into and also and diverse actors diverse yes and get even that was really diverse in terms of the characters um that we had and I was going to say the show that I will be in called Foundation it's one of the most highly anticipated shows on Apple TV that is like completely diverse. Like they've said it's Game of Thrones in space, but it's like the characters, and I kid you not, I'm so excited to watch it. Even though oh, I don't yeah. have an iPhone anymore, I need to find <laughs> like an Apple TV channel <laughs> or they can send me a link, fingers crossed. Um, and I see stories of like, it's not just that anymore. And I think that's why I was so proud of Get Even because our characters were not stereotypical. Like, of course, we were put into a box. Like, we were, like, I was the jock. Um, there was the nerd. There was the the rebel, the popular 
uh, kid. Um, but we always spun it on its head. Um, as you get to watch the show, it's it's not your typical stereotypical kind of. Mm. Oh, okay. And our characters are not based on our, the color of our skin. We're just yes. there. Uh, I love Do you that. know what I mean? The Asian shy sidekick, you know. <laughs> yes, yes. And I think that's why I loved about Kitty Way. Um, she was very uh, minded, um, very tenacious, which I liked, very sporty. Like, I, I felt, oh my gosh, I was like, I'm fit now. I've been <laughs> running around in the, in the woods. Um, but yeah, it was. It was the character that I wish I saw when I was younger. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because um, I've always looked up to characters who are either really strong, strong characters, but they're male. Oh, and you rare, yeah. yeah, you rarely see women, unless you see like Wonder Woman. That was not until I was a lot older. Um, but yeah, you rarely see that. And it's only like in comic books that you see it you don't really see it in film or screen because every time people would say oh yeah like oh this female character is great it's only because she's written well you always see women being portrayed as like the damsel in distress or she's just the girlfriend or the sidekick sometimes like you don't need to have a love interest like she could be her own little well, person and still have things to do just as much as a guy would be in a film and I think that's what's exciting nowadays is that we have um, plenty of projects and every time I get an email I get really excited with new up-and-coming writers who are creating scripts that are very out there and there are a lot of them that are fully representative of the world nowadays. Incredible journey though and I'm just so, again, yeah, excited and happy for you that that you've kind of got to this, you know, you've come so far, but you've also got so much opportunity ahead of you, which is just, yeah, can't, I can't wait to <laughs> watch, watch you. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this week's Phenomenal and Asian podcast. I'll be releasing new episodes every week. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you follow us on Instagram at phenomenal.asian for all the latest updates. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not ready hour foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Hey, podcast listener. 
Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today.